Hey, I'm Lou Stokes, style consultant and confidence coach, published author and international speaker. Welcome to my podcast, She's Magnetic. On this season's podcast, I'm having deep conversations with inspirational women entrepreneurs from all over the globe. Together, we explore style and the connection to our inner world and what it means to them to be their own icon, how they've carved their path to becoming a magnetic woman, living life on their terms, overcoming adversities, the highs and the lows, and empowering you to believe in yourself. The time is now to take action and step into your magnetic power. There is so much to experience in this life. There is so much pleasure to be had. On today's episode of She's Magnetic, I am talking to the incredible Georgie Kerwin Ferreira. Georgie works with curious, rebel-hearted women with big feelings and wild imaginations. She is not your average therapist. With Georgie, you are safe to be yourself, to discover your truth, to gently peel back the layers and unravel past experiences. She'll invite you to shift out of your head, feel into your body, and undiscover the gold that lies within you. Georgie uses a beautifully unique blend of integral eye movement therapy, core transformation, emotional freedom technique, NLP, hypnotherapy, and embodiment coaching. Georgie will be your witness as you delve into all your feelings, gaining a fresh perspective on your relationship with yourself, life, and the awesome power of your body. Hey, Georgie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. How are you doing? Great, thank you. And thank you so much for being our guest today on the She's Magnetic podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So we know that you are a clinical hypnotherapist, an NLP and IEMT practitioner plus EFT, and that you're a catalyst for deep healing change, working with rebel-hearted women with big feelings and wild imaginations. So I'd love for you to fill in a few gaps and give us some more glimpses into your life. Okay. So <laughs> I think the main thing is that I come from a, a kind of unexpected position from where I work now. So I started off, my whole life has been kind of based around an art and design background. So I've always grown up being the creative one, the arty one, the one that makes everything myself, always been obsessed with color and light and pattern and texture. Um, and I was an art and design teacher teaching GCSE and A-level um, for 11 years, which I absolutely adored. Um, so this kind of development into what I'm doing now came out of that love of nurturing people's creativity and really getting inside people's heads and getting them to express themselves with authenticity and with clarity and to be really brave and bold and courageous with expressing themselves in a way that was maybe not um conventional or expected or orthodox so I was the art teacher at school that was a bit wacky and <laughs> and all the kids <laughs> hang out in my classroom and hide from their PE lessons and <laughs> run away from their detentions and stuff <laughs> and then I became as that kind of art teacher I became so much more than an art teacher so I'd end up you know all the kids would end up coming to me with all of their problems and they'd just end up 
even unintentionally just talking to me about everything. And because of the work that I was doing in that creative way, because it was so much about themselves and so much about their stories and so much about their upbringing, I just naturally became this kind of mentor, Mm -hmm. almost a safe place for people to come. And after a while, parents were even, you know, coming to me at parents' evening and saying, you know, you're you're doing so much for my child. Like, wow. Amazing. So much, so much more than an than an art teacher to my son or daughter. Um so it kind of evolved that eventually I when I became a mother, I I got out of the teaching career because I was being stifled by the kind of institution. Mm regulation I was getting in so deep with with the teenagers that I was working with that it was almost crossing a bit of a boundary um so I really have just transferred all those skills in kind of nurturing and nourishing people to express themselves and to create change through really embracing all of who they are especially their quirks and their kind of weird things and the things that people may feel uncomfortable about or self-doubting about so what I really really do now in quite an unconventional way is I really first of all I just love to get people out of their heads and get people really deeply into their bodies to really activate their imaginations that's one of my key things is is to really activate people's imaginations so take away all the labels so if someone comes to me with anxiety or depression or self-doubt or whatever the limiting beliefs may be we strip all that away and I just get them to imagine those things if they were real visceral things so we talk about anxiety in terms of a big spiky blue ball that is in certain places in their body or you know um sadness as a kind of a blue cloud that's drifting somewhere so we really do get people into their creative imaginations and out of their head to to close their eyes and drift away to a place where the labels don't exist the definitions don't exist even the diagnosis Mm. doesn't exist um And I delve really deeply into the shadow with people. So the work that I do, it really does take courage, which is why I've um, created this kind of process, merging all of my modalities together, because I've trained in so many different things. But I use all of my healing modalities in a really, really creative, imaginative way. So if my trainers that I worked with could could see or hear what I'm doing they'd just be a bit you know (laughs) quite um yeah it's gone quite it's gone quite out there and it does take courage but it works really really deeply we get really massive transformations just in the first session but it does take courage to go into that shadow but we really love to get people to embrace pretty much from the word go is that the gold is found in those shadows so if they are brave enough and courageous enough to go there which is a really difficult thing to dive into the darker aspects of who we are that is where they will find the greatest lessons and the greatest experiences and the greatest transformations that they can 
illuminate and shine like this beautiful glistening golden light onto to realize that actually all parts of themselves are really powerful and really awesome and really exciting. Um, and yeah, I just give all of my clients, first of all, the biggest, most warmest invitation and permission to feel every single one of their feelings and to really be able to fall in love with all parts of themselves, the light and the dark and all of the millions of shades that are in between <laughs> yeah totally and it's just it's really interesting because we're so afraid of like the darkness but if yeah. there's no dark then there's no light exactly mm-hmm. and if and I even say to my own children you know if and I used to say to my to the kids that I used to teach if, if you didn't feel these emotions because especially because I work with quite a lot of creative people if they didn't feel the power of those darker or lower or heavier emotions, then they wouldn't be able to feel the kind of the ecstasy and the bliss and the excitement and the adventure that they get to feel that's at the other end. So it's a big, especially when I work with younger people or teenagers or people in their 20s, it's such an important thing to realize that there are no, there is no good and bad. Yeah. There's no positive and negative that the people come to me with seeing this kind of line of emotions and feelings with good and positive at one end and bad and negative at the other end. Whereas I like to just explain it all as this big kind of translucent bubble Mm. where everything is just this ever evolving, ever moving, colorful spectrum of gorgeousness. Yeah of dark and light and everything and as soon as people learn to accept that they are whole you know spherical ever-evolving moving beings with no start and no end and no good and no bad Mm. it becomes so much easier to heal all parts of yourself to, to bring yourself back to that sense of wholeness and just knowing who you are Right, and it's like we're so attached to labels. It's incredible yeah. to labels and roles. You know, mum, wife, sister, and teacher, coat, or whatever. Or and it's like we just identify with those roles consistently, and so it stops us from really understanding who we really are because we think we're those things when we're far more than those labels that we've given ourselves. And I guess society has just told us, oh, you're this and you're that, and that's it, you know. Oh, you're a mum, so you're like this. Oh, you're not married. Oh, you don't have kids, so you're like this. And like it's a constantly, we're constantly being kind of told how we should and shouldn't be because of a certain label that we've put on ourselves. So it's just like limiting us. Yes. Yeah, so, so many of those labels I find with all of my clients, they come with labels that they've been given at such an early age. Mm. And so many people don't realize that, ev- you know, all of our beliefs, nearly every single one of our beliefs and our habits and our patterns are, are all embedded within us before we're eight. Um, and it, it might just be because I work a lot with trauma Mm. my clients don't even realize or a lot of my clients don't realize that they have trauma because people see trauma as this huge catastrophic yeah thing 
where actually trauma can just be something as tiny as a sentence that a PE teacher or a math teacher or whatever, you know, or a parent or a caregiver said to you, or maybe they said it over, you know, a few years, and that has become your reality. Yeah. Mm. And I've worked with I've worked with someone with severe PTSD because her baby rolled off the bed. Oh wow. Baby, you know, her baby was absolutely fine, but little things like um this woman couldn't hear the sound of something hitting on a wooden floor. She was having nightmares and flashbacks every time she would hear someone walking up the stairs because it brought back that sound. Um, so people don't realize, I find when I'm working with my clients, that just it can just be a tiny little thing. Even, even that some, somebody might have said something about the way they're eating as a child, you know. You're eating, you know, you're eating too fast or don't eat that food or you're greedy or... Yeah. And that's that's embedded into the way that they live their lives. So, yeah, the work that I do goes back and we find the root cause of everything. And sometimes it's absolutely the most tiny little thing. Um, But we always go back to find like someone, especially with my eye movement therapy. We always go back to the first time that someone will have experienced. They let's say someone's feeling vulnerable we don't even have to go into the major trauma that caused them to feel that vulnerability. I will go back very quickly in within a matter of a minute. I'll get them to close their eyes and I'll say, ask your mind to recall the first time that you can remember feeling vulnerable. Mm. And I'll give them a minute. And within a minute, they, they open their eyes and they say, well, this is really weird. Like, I don't know where this has come from, but my mind's just given me this memory of something like, you know, um, I kicked the football over the hedge when I was five years old and my dad yelled at me in front of my friend that was over to play. Um, And that was the first time that that feeling had been embedded in them as a five-year-old child. And now they're consistently, continuously bringing up that feeling of vulnerability and it's been triggered every single time because it was embedded in that tiny little thing, which no mm. one would think of trauma, but it's kind of affected how they show up in their life and how they feel their emotions. Right. It's incredible, isn't it? How something that small can affect yeah. like our behaviors, like into our adulthood. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's, it's fascinating. Fascinating. So, you know, obviously you're a creative entrepreneur, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the journey of an entrepreneur, like how, you know, some days it's like, what am I doing? And other days it's like, yes, this is incredible. You know, the, the ebbs and flows of being a creative entrepreneur. Talk to me a bit about your journey. Oh my goodness. My journey is like a rollercoaster. <laughs> my emotions are like a roller coaster, And that's why I think I am so, I'm such a massive empath. Um, and I think it is my greatest gift that my emotions are gargantuan. You know, I feel like I feel the hugest lows and I feel the highest highs. For me, the journey is very much tied to my cycle. Mm. Um, I've really got into tracking my cycle really meticulously and I've learned and I'm learning and continuing to learn how to really embrace each stage of my cycle so I actually I'm starting to plan my work now around my cycle I know when I'm in my spring and my summer part of my cycle that I'm really creative I have 
thousands of ideas um, and sometimes those thousands of ideas are overwhelming so I have to kind of log them and write them all down and just try and work things out and I'm even trying to embrace the kind of the pre-menstrual part of my cycle Mm. in previous years I've really really struggled with but I'm starting to channel that energy that used to be kind of the rage and the real anger and frustration and irritability that's when now I'm starting to really be able to channel that into like that real kind of I'm gonna fucking do this and I tell people that I can do this um so that's that's been really really powerful for me but what really makes a difference for me to be able to be in that flow state is taking care of myself Mm, yeah needs first and realizing that I can't serve other people as effectively if I'm not in the right place myself but having said that I really feel like my work is my absolute purpose and my calling so no matter how I'm feeling when I'm in that space of where I'm holding space for a client the rest of everything else goes out of the window so I find the actual work part of what I do the most exhilarating and exciting and fulfilling but it's all the other bit it's happening yeah. copywriter and the marketing expert and the Facebook um the social media consultant <laughs> all the different things but I have to practice what I preach and I have to be able to get out of my own head I think as an entrepreneur and especially as a creative, it's so easy to get stuck in the what we need to be doing, the do, 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 mm. showing up all the time. There must be, like I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm still on that journey of recovering from perfectionism. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so yeah, I have to make sure that I really tend to my own needs um first um even before the needs of my children as well yeah Mm. Um, because I can't even serve them before I serve myself so the the highest times in in this kind of journey for me of when I've been when I you know I get up early I do my yoga or I do kind of bioenergetic shaking in the morning even if it's only for a few minutes I'm absolutely obsessed with music so music is so important to me um and get up and dancing in the morning or even singing even if it's with my children you know just creating that kind of high vibes in the yeah that energy hmm. um and something that's really really important to me I was working with an amazing one-to-one business coach and I decided very soon that I needed to go way deeper. So I've recently started working with a one-to-one therapist myself. I've had loads of, and I've been through so many different therapies in the past, but now I really am committed to just really embodying all of the knowing. I feel like I've got so much wisdom and so much knowing, um, and so much ability with all of the modalities that I use that it really is now I'm really making it my priority that I absolutely embody all of that knowing to really step into my power and I know that 
as I'm doing that now, I can feel it as I'm doing it. Mm. My energy is just shifting and everything else is starting to just fall into place and I can just trust that it's that it's all going to work out. Yeah, you know? love it. So, yeah. yeah, and the whole self-care is so important. It's like if we can't fill our own cup, then how are we going to hold space for, you know, your kids, your partner, your clients? So, yeah, it's so, so, so important. And I think we often, like, think, oh, that's not important. There's always something more important to do, Um, especially when you're an entrepreneur. It's like you choose your times, and and most of us have chosen this life because we want more freedom. But, yet, often when you first start on the journey, I know this has been, like, for me, is that I've just worked so much. And then I was like, hang on a minute what's happening here like didn't I choose this because I wanted a different life and I found myself like just working way more than I ever did before and I I guess when you start to realize that actually this wasn't what I wanted and and you take more time for yourself that's when things start to really change is when you give yourself space and give yourself permission and almost grace to kind of go with the flow especially with our cycles like if you're not feeling it there is no boss there is no one (laughs) neck apart from yourself saying right do this now and just to actually step back and go the only person forcing me to do this when I don't feel like doing it is myself yeah actually I just need to be really kind to myself and realize that I am doing the best that I can and I you know just ease the pressure a bit Mm. as soon as the pressure is eased or lifted and you find your own individual groove and it doesn't need to be what everyone else is doing yeah I agree um, Mm. like with the morning thing I'm not doing the mornings so early at the moment because I'm I find I'm better at at night time and I've punished myself in the past and thought well I can't stay up late but actually that is the way that I work best. Right, exactly. It's your rhythm. So, yeah, I'm just easing myself even more now back into this rhythm of just trusting that actually I do and it's not necessarily the I that knows how to do it. It's the it's the it's the heart and soul of me that knows how to do it. So just it is all about getting out of getting out of our heads and yeah, and trusting yeah. the process. Yes, without a doubt. And talking about bodies, as you know, I'm a big advocate for body acceptance. Like I know you are as well. And we've talked about this in the past and, and it's really important to both of us how, you know, 97% of women suffer from body image issues in their lives. And like we've just mentioned women, especially we put ourselves under so much pressure to be a certain way and to do certain things. And, you know, how has your, journey been with body acceptance and body image issues oh my goodness it's been (laughs) constant um I think I'm only just turning 40 had a massive effect on me um Mm. and I was always very slim as a teenager but I always when I look back at pictures I'm like my god I thought I was fat like how could I possibly thought I was fat um And then in my 20s, I went through a real kind of low with my body image. I I was such a huge comfort eater. 
And I would always find myself like just absolutely ravaging. I used to secret eat. I used to go to petrol stations and just buy. And I think, well, I'm not just going to get one chocolate bar. If I'm going to get chocolate, I may as well get crisps as well. And then I'm yeah, like, go for it. <laughs> and I'd literally sit in the car and eat the whole lot. It was literally mm. like I was eating my emotions away, just filling my face because I couldn't find any other way of, I was just squashing my feelings because they were so huge and they were so raw and they were so real. Um, I used to do things like buy boxes of cereal and just go home and eat the whole bag of cereal without any milk in my bedroom. And dry then, cereal. Yeah. Or like a loaf of bread. Mm. uncut loaf of bread where I just like eat handfuls of bread out of the middle it seems absolutely crazy now but that's and I didn't think it was a big deal at the time I didn't even think that it was anything you know that there was anything wrong with doing that right I never mentioned it to anybody I don't think anybody yeah it's not really something I've ever spoken about um and then through most of my training, when I did all my hypnotherapy and my NLP and all those trainings, you get to actually go through all the therapy yourself. That's when I really started to fix all of those um, eating issues. Um, and then throughout my 30s, I really started to really embrace my body. I found mm. yoga is a big part of it. I yeah, massive. Um because I've always kind of flitted through. I'm such an extremist, I think. <clears throat> I flitted from, from exercise. I was always a kind of a really obsessed with the gym or I would never go to the gym at all. And when I would go to the gym, I would push myself so hard that I'd make myself ill or I'd damage myself. Um, and then I'd just give up and feel exhausted and not go for a year and pile on the weight again. And then I'd go to the gym excessively again. So, and since I found yoga... It's just the perfect way, as you know, to get out yeah. of your head and into your body and stop those thoughts and those feelings and just be completely in your body and in the movement um, and in the kind of mindfulness of it all. Um, and then the real shift happened when I went on a tantra. I went on a tantra retreat in 2019 called the Ultimate Goddess Retreat. And this was totally new to me. I went on the retreat to work. So it was, and I only, I only found out I was going on it 10 days before I went. So it was like, it was an absolute game changer for me. And I remember on the first day, um, so there's 42 women from all over Europe on this retreat and even a couple of women from the States. It was in Spain. And I went, remember the retreat center owner standing up on the first day and saying, nudity is welcome here. And I was just like, what <laughs> where where am I like you can even she said you can even you know you can sit at your table having your lunch naked if you want to and I was thinking what on earth have I come to what do you mean you can sit and eat your lunch naked um, and then within 24 hours it felt you know I didn't sit and eat my lunch naked but we were all sunbathing naked and nice. I, it felt yeah. awkward to have a bikini on you know I was like well oh my goodness everyone else is no one's wearing a bikini apart from me and that is when I just found it I just I fell in love with not just my own body but the female form mm. is just 
It's beautiful. I find mm. it absolutely fascinating to be, and it felt liberating and just I think in that nine days in Spain, I had the biggest kind of growth and expansion that I've ever experienced in my life. And that is when, yeah, I was kind of reminded of my art school days when I always loved, in life drawing, I always loved drawing women. And I really found it difficult to draw a naked man. Um, And when I was on that retreat, I really was reminded of just how, bloody powerful and amazing and beautiful and curvaceous and just you know voluptuous the female form is and I I looked at myself within the kind of the setting of all these other women and there was all types of you know shapes and sizes Mm. wow yeah are really really incredible awesome beings and I was it was really important for me but I was one of only about three or four mothers out of this group of 42 women and that is another a real changing point for me in my life when I gave birth to my first daughter or even when I was pregnant with my first daughter in 2012 that I just realized and that was my introduction to the kind of the subconscious world as well when I did hypnobirthing for the first time I realized our bodies are just absolute powerhouses you know know, I pushed a baby out of my body with no pain relief um, (laughs) with just the power of my mind and I didn't have an easy labor I was pushing for five hours but I was refusing any kind of drugs or intervention and I just now I look at my body and I think you are absolutely incredible yeah I look at other women's bodies and instead of comparing myself, I just think, wow, we are all so unique and so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, we are just awesome in the very realist sense of the word. (laughs) Yeah, without a doubt. And it's, you know, it's leaning into that appreciation of your body and other women's bodies because we, you know, in this world we live in, it's, it's very much, we've been geared to like, compare ourselves because we're being told all the time that we're not good enough on all these different levels right that we don't even really realize often Mm. and and so it's like then we get into the comparison train and it's like Mm. this is not what life's all about this is not you know we were all given an incredible body that like just by breathing Mm. like breath is a miracle yeah yeah and I often work with women who come to me saying, you know, their main intention is they want to lose weight and they're massive comfort eaters and they hate their bodies. And people have real, you know, it, it, I, I feel it in my heart when they sit there and they say, I'm disgusting, I'm repulsive, you wow. know, I, I, I'm, I'm a vile human being, I can't look at my body in the mirror. And I I tell my clients really early on, we're not going to talk about food and we're not going to talk about eating or we don't do much talking, but we're not going to work on the food and Mm. thing. We're going to, we're going to sort out everything else. And as soon as your body feels safe, as soon as you feel safe, not in a, there's no danger and no one's going to come and, you know, you know, kill me that kind of safe but no but yeah knowing trusting safe Mm. our bodies feel safe and as soon as we can love and respect ourselves then 
all of the eating and all of the the fat or the over the over kind of indulgence just full will just melt away because our body only holds on to fat when it feels at risk when it feels endangered from whatever when may whether it's trauma or just you know depression or anxiety or whatever it is it's holding on to that extra surplus weight weight yeah because mm. it's it's like, I need this. I've got to keep myself safe. I've got to keep myself safe. I've got to, you know, it's like going back to caveman days and I've got to keep myself warm. I've got to protect myself. Um, and so my clients always find that, you know, people have said within the first, you know, the first couple of weeks after finishing work, they just, the weight just falls off and they're like, what am right. I doing anything differently? But then when they look at it, it's the respect. As soon as we learn to respect our bodies, then we don't want to put rubbish into ourselves we don't want to like I stopped drinking two years ago because I just don't even want to intoxicate my body anymore it feels wrong to to, to do that mm. that I know I used to get horrific hangovers um and it just feels wrong to to kind of harm my body in that way yeah so yeah, it is all about, my journey's very much been about, I now respect my body. So I don't want to fill it full of things that are going to cause me immediate and long-term harm. Harm, yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Mm. So, you know, talking about like our bodies and how we feel about ourselves and, you know, as you know, I always talk about clothes and purse and style and fashion like is our second skin like what we put in our body mm. is our second skin right it's it, in a way it's kind of like an armor yeah and like for me style is so important because it's a reflection of our inner world just like everything else but many people think oh yeah fashion's frivolous and I don't want to bother with that when really as you know it's a form of self-care and a form of self-expression so tell me a little bit about your personal style and and, and why it's important to you <laughs> I have a bit of a thing with the word style I think it's because I <laughs> find it hard to see myself as a stylish person um, I don't really feel stylish but I feel like instead of the word style I think it's the word identity for me mm. and self-expression um, and when I think of kind of fashion and style I guess I think I think more in terms of color and um yeah how I express myself through I love color and print and I've got I've got a textiles degree so I've got a thing about yeah about texture and the kind of the feel of fabrics mm. Yeah. Whenever I go shopping, I can't stand online shopping because ever I just I just walk through shops feeling absolutely everything. You know, I'll grab the hanger of the shoulder of something and just feel the the fabric, even if I don't like it. I'm just like, oh, I've got to touch and feel, and that's kind of sensory experience. Mm. So I'm very much as I think most people are. I kind of I need to feel comfortable in my clothes, but I also color is absolutely everything to me and I've just um as we were talking about earlier I've just literally gone from the blondest of blonde which I've been my entire life to dyeing my hair dark and it suddenly I woke up this morning and I'm like <gasps> who is this person <laughs> what can I I can't wear any of my old clothes um 
But as I'm going through so many shifts with my, you know, working with a therapist and doing all of this, and I've got a sex coach at the moment, and I'm really trying to kind of liberate myself, and I'm feeling so much more liberated, because, and because I work on such an energetic level, the color thing is... I'm just being drawn to all of these different colors. Like over the summer, yellow was becoming a really, really powerful color. I've always, I've never liked yellow. But yeah, I, same here. Yeah. Mm. Everything yellow was just screaming at me, you know, and I was seeing fields of sunflowers and just, um, and, and I'm quite into kind of the chakras and the energy. Mm. You know, I kind of link colors to like, you know, solar plexus. And yeah. Like, human design recently and I found out that my you know my kind of my energetic center is my solar plexus and I'm all about relationships and that color yellow is just and now I've dyed my hair dark I'm like first thing I thought last night I'm gonna have to go out and buy something bright yellow yellow <laughs> well blonde people can't wear yellow because it's too clashing with the hair they can. I'm really <laughs> yellow. Yeah, I think I might need to talk to you a bit more about this whole yes thing. Yeah, it's funny you should say that about like the yellow. For me, it's I never used to really like yellow or orange. I loved it on other people and like certain things, but never I could I would never buy something yellow or orange. And now I'm just like, give me orange. Yeah. I'm like in this orange mode at the moment, which is really interesting. So, yeah, I can relate there. Um, but also I've had this thing about I've, I've kind of, and this is kind of part of the whole liberating, liberating myself. I've always had this a bit of a kind of a good girl complex in the past. I've always been the kind of the cute one, the one that's always sparkly and shiny and pretty and um and so I've kind of been repelled by like pastel tones. Mm. Um, but since I've been healing all of that stuff and I've been stepping out of that good girl and stopping the people pleasing and really embracing my power and, and my sexuality and everything that comes with that, I'm being drawn to, to all these softer, you know, pastel, like pale pinks and and pastel yellow and pastel all these colors are just suddenly popping out at me because now I realize I have embraced that shadow part of me mm, yeah girl. interesting I so much denied and pushed away I almost became the good girl out of my need to not be the good girl. <laughs> yeah. and now I've like now I've embraced all of that and I've almost set her free and healed that part of me that used to punish myself for not wanting to be cute you know mm. now all of those different colors are kind of coming to me and it's like it's okay to wear that color because I don't need to embody the association of you know pale cute pastel colors um but also at the same time I'm starting to be drawn like the, the hair color change I'm kind of starting to be drawn to like richer earthier tones as well and I've got this thing about animal print I love animal print but I would never wear animal print in it's like original color like I love leopard print and mm. I've got them out you know I got all my clothes out the other day that were all leopard print and they're all none of them are uh, a real leopard print right yeah they're colored ones yeah mm. I'm starting to heal that 
yeah, that good girl. And the more I'm starting to liberate that kind of power within me, I am like, oh, I can, I can just feel it all changing and evolving. That's incredible. It's so, I mean, it's just so fascinating how the way we feel affects what we wear. Yeah. You know, and all these inner beliefs, these mindsets that, you know, we associate like you with the pale, the pastels. Mm. And now you're like, well, actually, I'm in. I'm embracing that side of me and it's totally fine. I don't need to embody that if I'm wearing a pastel yellow jumper, you know, it's like, but it's just crazy how we associate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And as I was saying earlier about this book, um, the most amazing game changing book this pussy, pussy, a reclamation. It's all Mm. about living from that sacral womb power that we all have as women <clears throat> and it's all about being this outlandish, you know, not caring what anyone else thinks. Like when I was reading that book, I went out and bought myself this bright, rich pink fur coat. Love it. And it is the most like lavish, you know, I just want to, I just want to bury myself in it. And when I wear that bright pink coat and I walk my kids to school, I live in a very sleepy mid-Sussex village. And when <laughs> I, when I walk my kids to school, in my great big pink furry coats first thing in the morning my children they're just they're just so proud and other children want to like stroke me and bury them how do you yeah <laughs> love it <laughs> and it just makes me feel amazing you know yeah I did photo shoots in all of my I'm such a festival girl as well and that's that festival kind of style I wish that we could just all live our lives as if we were at a festival, just embellish and adorn ourselves with mm. outlandish. It makes me feel incredible. And I think it all changed actually on my, I had a festival wedding in 2013 and I spent my whole of my maternity leave planning this really, really lavish, ridiculously over the top two day festival in Devon and I chose my wedding dress designer because she went to my arts because she went to Wimbledon School of Art and I just found her online and I just had this ridiculous wedding dress which was all gold sequins on top with this really puffy tulle white wow uh, kind of a 20s like a drop a hem yeah 20s dress and it was that's kind of changed everything for me I took that day as my wed I swore I never wanted to get married because I could never get I could never have that kind of typical wedding Hmm. I just took it upon myself to say I don't have to have that kind of wedding I can do there is no there are no rules I, I had a humanist ceremony in the middle of a field by the sea with a cow shed as the a kind of like <laughs> basic cow shed that turned into a festival and that was kind of my turning point of just like I can be who the hell I want to be. And I'm yeah. here to these rules. And yeah, that's where I really started to embrace the the sparkle and the shine and cover my whole body in sequins and gold glitter. Yeah. And just express like yeah. from the inside out. Yeah. So Georgie, if you could talk to your younger self now, what would you tell her? So I've been doing a lot of this recently um, Mm. with my therapist and I do this a lot with my clients as well. Um, Well, I had ME when I was 14, um, which I now know came out of kind of trauma and 
my need to be perfect, my need to please everybody else. Mm. Um, and then I had my heart broken massively when I was 18. So I've recently done a lot of work of talking to those two parts of me. So the main thing that I would really say and that I, that I used to say to my, you know, the kids that I taught and to the teenagers that I work with is just to love yourself first. Mm. No one can love you as much as you love yourself. And the more you love yourself and the more you respect yourself, the more love and respect you will invite in. Um, and to respect your body. Mm, yeah. Um, and what you put into your body and that a big, a big kind of message is your body hears everything you think. So even yeah. though you're not saying the words out loud to yourself, if you look in the mirror and say, I hate you, you're disgusting, um, you're not worthy, I can't stand you, or even if you, you know, I, I used to pinch myself when I was young. I used to just grab my tummy and just try and hurt myself, you know. Mm. Um, your body hears all of it. Yeah. Saying things inside your head, your body feels it and it hears it all within you. So really respect your body. And then the last thing is that you are, I would say, you are only responsible for your own feelings, your own energy, your own emotions, and to never take on responsibility for anyone else's feelings or emotions or even judgments or opinions yeah. on you. Mm -hmm. you can only be responsible for yourself and other people's judgments and opinions are a reflection of them and it's nothing to do with you it's literally none of your business what anyone else chooses to feel or judge or think about the way that you are or the way that you feel yeah i love that big thing is just about choice we can yeah. we don't have to say we can choose how we feel we can choose how we respond and yeah, it's all about loving yourself. Yeah. So true. I love that, Georgie. So what would be your definition of being a magnetic woman? Um, I think exactly that really is getting out of our heads. A magnetic woman is not in her head. She is in her body. She's in her sovereignty. She's in her love, her joy, her pleasure, mm. um, her power. And she trusts all of who she is. And she knows on a really deep level, not in a head thinking level, she knows in her heart who she is. And she's free to connect with that kind of inner wisdom. And in that in that attraction to herself and who she is then that just you know makes her magnetic to other people people pick up on that energy it's all about energy isn't it yeah so hmm. we are in that that higher vibration energy people feel it yeah without a doubt hmm. and then everything is just magnetized to us when we can be in that flow state and that trust that everything is just as it needs to be yeah without a doubt so one last question what excites you right now about being a woman <sighs> um pleasure i think oh yeah west i am on a real real <laughs> quest at the moment to i've just got this belief that 
there is so much to experience in this life. There is so much pleasure to be had on so many different levels. And we as women, we have this part of our body that is dedicated to nothing but pleasure, like the most extreme, beautiful, blissful pleasure. Men do not have that part of their body that has mm. no other purpose other than to give us blissful, divine pleasure. Um, and so I think if, if all women embraced pleasure in a way that was really free and liberating and know that we are so worthy of experiencing and receiving and giving ourselves all the pleasure, then the world would be a very, very different place. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> mm, I love that, embracing pleasure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so tell us where our listeners can connect with you online. Um, so I am on Instagram at she underscore who dares shines with underscores in between. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself more on Instagram at the moment. So, um, I do have a Facebook group and I am on Facebook. She shines on Facebook. Um, and my website is www.she-shines.com. Um, so yeah, that's the, those are the main places to, to reach out and find, find the magic. Amazing. So thank you, Georgie, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're so welcome. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did, please subscribe to the She's Magnetic podcast, rate and review in the Apple podcast, Spotify or wherever you're listening from, I'd be so grateful. Also, please check out the show notes for more information on my guest and learn more about me on my website, www.loustokes.com. And if you are not already part of the She's Magnetic community on Facebook, please join us there. Until next time, be inspired, take action and step into your magnetic power. A production by Cabina 29.